Now, for the last three weeks, God has been constantly speaking from this pulpit, saying something's going to hit, something's going to hit, something's going to hit, something's going to hit. It ain't over. And God is sending out a sound into the earth that's going to make people out of believers. Whether he got to crush him with a rock from an earthquake, tornado, bomb, whatever it takes, God says, I'm in the business of doing it. God is not sending servants out, not in this age. The old boys, the new generation that was before the ones that's coming out now, they may have preached that message of, I call foolishness, social gospel. But the boys and the women that's coming out now to preach this word, they're giving this thing, and what they're saying from heaven is coming to pass. Undeniably. Undeniably. Reverend, I've been telling them through the word of God that God was going to hit for the last three weeks more ever since New Year. And God ain't even began yet. He's he, he, he priming it up. He's going to make a believer out of people that don't want to hear that God's servants are real when they speak. He's going to make a believer out of somebody. That's why I always say, don't look at the messenger, catch the message. Message, because it's the message that's gonna save your life, not the messenger. All right. See, some of us can't get past that, so we lose the message. And when we lose the message, watch the word. Watch how this thing go. I want you to turn with me tonight to St. Luke, because we're gonna prime you up for tomorrow. Because when tomorrow, if we live to see tomorrow. God will take us beyond revelation. He'll take you, by way of the scripture, beyond revelation. God is burning high test. He's not using that <coughs> diluted, watered down stuff no more. That stuff that don't work for people. If they get in and get linked in with it, it'll work for you. The truck is back. God has opened his, opened his hand back up. The truck is back. So hopefully by next Saturday we'll be able to do something. Christine wants the, we need to get over there and we want to get, not only do we want to give stuff out to you, but we want to get you involved in how, uh, uh, a greater degree of, where we're going with this thing and how it's supposed to be ran in a professional way. So God, see, see what I like about God is he's patient. He gets his people and he plants the people that he needs. He plants. And those that are planted by the God, you don't have to worry about them. They'll do what they're supposed to do. And that's all we want. I'd rather have five good ones. I've always said that. Because all we need is God. How I many of y'all know that? If one can put ten, a thousand in flight and two ten thousand, what can five or six do? That's LinkedIn and unified. See, it's all about unity. That's all it's about. Plain out unity. You get unified and God will do great things. I want you to go with me to St. Luke. St. Luke chapter. Notice I told you now you're just beginning. Just beginning. He's talking to the good, the bad, and the ugly. What's your preference? How you like it? Paul said, how you want me to come to you and talk to you? With, 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 with love? Or 
or with a rod. How you, how you want it? That's what God is asking all of us now in the world. How you want it? I'm going to give it to you the way you want it. You know? You want to play church? I'll give it to you that way. You want to be real? I'll give it to you. I'll give you me real. But you, he's going to give it to us. Look at the word. St. Luke, the ninth chapter. I want, we're going to start with the 23rd verse. I want you to hold your place there. Hold your place. And go to Acts 14.22. title of this message is The Terms, The Lessons, and The Test of the Disciples. Or even better, The Terms, The Lessons, and The Test of Discipleship. Not membership. I didn't say membership. I said discipleship. See, God looks for some disciples. That's why I never worry about members. But I do care about disciples. Disciples, that word disciples means those that are trained in the way. A student that's being trained in the way. <coughs> Hold your place in St. Luke, the ninth chapter, the 23rd verse, and let's go to Acts 14, verse 22. Acts 14, verse 22. Look what it says here. Are we there? The Bible says, this is close to church, that confirming, confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue in the faith, regardless of what it looks like, we are to exhort and confirm your souls not of the members, but of the what? Disciples. And who did I say disciples were? Those who are trained in the way. And that we must through hmm, much tribulation. Now, first thing we're going to deal with is the, what we call the term of discipleship. This is the beginning of the term. And that we must through what kind of tribulation? Much tribulation into where? And where is the kingdom of God? Amen. So it's going to have to be some real much tribulation in order to get to that jewel that God has inside of us called in Luke 17, 21 as the kingdom of God, right? In other words, we just ain't going to step up in there. It's going to be some much tribulation, much trial. Count it all joy, though. Because you see, God has a mission. There is a reason for it. Alright? That's why Peter said, look here, don't think it's strange when you face all these fiery trials and tribulations, you know, as if something strange is happening to you. No, the Bible says right here that through much tribulation, we are to, we must enter into the kingdom of God. So we ought to confirm the souls of the disciples and exhort them to continue in the faith because the Word of God knows what we're going to go through. So that's why it's so important that we exhort one another along the way or we'll fall out of the way right along. Let's go back over here to Luke. Let's get started. Let's get ready to run. Verse 23 says, And he said to them all, we're talking about the terms of discipleship. He said, If any man come after me, he said. First thing he got to do, he's going to have to deny himself. Boy, that's a heavy term. And he's going to have to take up his cross daily. That word uh, take up his cross means to bear the troubles and afflictions with patience. How did I say? How, how did the word of God say that we enter into the kingdom of God? Through much tribulation. So it says that when we take this cross up daily, that means that we're going to have to bear these troubles and afflictions. We're going to have to do it with patience. That's what the cross means. Taking it up. 
and bearing. For whosoever, then he goes on and he says, after you take that, that deny yourself, and after you take up that cross, that those troubles, those afflictions, the patience, daily, then it goes on and it says, and follow me. And it goes on and it says, for whosoever will save his life shall lose it. But whosoever will lose his life for my sake, the same shall save it. See, God don't do things the way we do. He don't think the way we think. To us, it's first, it's self-preservation. Save my own life, right? But he says here, the one that tried to do that is going to lose it. But when we deny ourselves to follow him, that means that we give up our life to help others because in as much as you did it for the least of one of these, you also did it for me. That's word, right? So it goes on to say, for what is a man advantage? If he gain the world and lose himself or be cast away. What good is it? What good is it for us to get everything in the world and then a storm or earthquake hit up? <coughs> what good did he do? When you ain't stacked nothing up in heaven. What good? Tell me. I'm, I'm just asking. Because, because Luke, the book of Luke, 12.15, I want you to go there because you need to see this. Just flip over a couple. 12.15. Because we need to see some things. The book of Luke, chapter 12.15, says, And he said unto them, I need for you to take heed, uh-huh, <coughs> and beware of greed. That word covetousness means greed. He's telling us, I want you to take heed. Take heed to who? Yourself. Ourselves and beware of greed. That's covetousness. For a man's life consists not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. Your life and my life and nobody else's life has nothing to do with the abundance of things that you possess. It's all vanity, a chasing after the wind, the Bible says. Vanity, vanity is all it is. That's all it is. You can't make it out of nothing else. But back over here in St. Luke, the ninth chapter, verse 26, it says, For whosoever shall be, I'm still talking about the terms of discipleship, denying yourself, taking up your cross and following God, casting everything else aside, hard thing to do, but still, it's the written word, right? I've never said not one time that it was easy, but I did say that it's mandatory. For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and my words of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his own glory. And he is coming, and has come. And in his Father's and of the holy angels. But he said something that baffled me in my younger years as trying to preach this word of God. And then God, at a certain age, at a certain mature state of maturity, he gives you understanding on things. He said, but I tell you the truth. There'll be standing here. There'll be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the kingdom of God. That baffled me for a long time. Because I'm trying to figure out what is he saying here, but it was simple. It's always simple when you know something. He said, well, it's easy to do. Yeah, that's because you know how to do it. He said, well, that's easy for me to put that carburetor on. Easy for you. You're a pro at what you do. I'm not a pro at what you do. So it's not easy for me. But once the light comes on, then it's easy. Because you can't do nothing until the light comes on. I don't care. He said, there's going to be some standing here 
who shall not taste of death till they see the kingdom of God. Where's the kingdom of God? We just said it. It's in. Now watch the word. Jesus is talking about some folks before they see death, they're going to they gonna see the kingdom of God. And in order to see the kingdom of God, that means they got to get saved. Go here to John 3.3. 3. John 3.3, 3, Jesus talking to different things. He said, look, here, Nick. He said, unless a man be born again, he can't even see the kingdom of God. Ain't that John 3.3 3, where that says that? Ain't that where it is? He said, some of y'all standing here, I tell you the truth. Before you die, you're going to get saved and see what's inside you. In other words, what Jesus is trying to say is, some of us in the church is going to see, before we die, what this kingdom of God really is in us. That's what he's saying. Because the Bible says, unless a man is born again, he can't see. He don't have a vision of what's in him. You see, that's why, that's the difference between teaching kingdom and teaching church. Because kingdom teach you about what's inside you. It's different. It's different. See, kingdom open up the revelatory knowledge in you. Kingdom knowledge opens up that window of heaven that's in you. Because Jesus said in the book of Malachi, look in here. And Jesus, the whole thing, it's the word of God. It's Jesus, you know, over in Malachi. He said, bring in the tithe. And if you do it, have meat on my table and prove me now. He said, see why I open you the window of heaven. See, the window is in you. Right. That's what a window is, not. Mm -mm. See, you got to draw a window, just like you draw that thing up there. And as you do for God, if you be willing and obedient, you'll eat from the good of the land. And the more, the closer we come into the kingdom, the more this thing begins to draw up. That window and that kingdom, what's in that kingdom begins to pour out in you. And you begin to utter things that come true. And you begin to call those things out that aren't as though they were. And people don't understand it because they see a church. But if they get kingdom, they'll understand that, hey, I hear the sound of heaven talking. God anointed. That's why he said, don't touch it. He kept it with them. If you don't understand something, leave it alone until God shows it to you. Don't put your mouth on it. Because you might pull it toward you to hurt you. Many have. Many have. The ones that they try to hurt, it never hurt. They just simply go higher. Have you ever noticed that? But if you show mercy, you'll go higher with it. The Word of God says in verse 28, look here. We go from the turns. Now it's going to the transfiguration. Now I want to show you something about this transfiguration because here is where we mess up at the transfiguration. See, we understand turns and we start working toward it, but when the transfiguration takes place, we lose ourselves and we miss the lesson which comes next and we miss the text. Now watch what happened. Watch, watch what happened. And it came to pass. Transfiguration means to be exalted and glorified. The Bible says, and it came to pass about in eight days after these things. About eight days. New beginning. Eight is a new beginning. About eight days. Eight days afterwards. Came forth a new beginning. Because that's what eight means. <coughs> and in order for the Lord to be exalted and glorified in us, that word data means required. It's a requirement, right? It's a requirement that we have a new beginning before God can be exalted and glorified in us, okay? And before we can go up there with him. Okay? Y'all understanding what's, what's going on here? Because watch what happens to us. Because when the Lord begins to deal with us from the realm of the kingdom, notice that he takes three with him. Peter, which is the hearing of the word of God, because you've got to be able to hear. He takes John with him, which is the grace of God, and he takes James with him, which is the will of God. You see it. And 
God always takes those with him when you're going through that. When, when he, in you, going in you to a place of exaltation and glorification in you. He always takes your hearing, grace, and the will of God. Those three things got to go because that's what's going to keep you up there where you can walk with him as he go up in you. All right? I know it's a scripture teaching, but if you don't catch this tonight, you sure won't catch it tomorrow. That's why you get your CD. Or, or, or look at them, just keep going over until God talks to you. But if you think you that good, if you don't have to do that, then don't do it. If you that bad. If you think you can just come one session in here, I can't do that. I listen over and over and over and over because I learn something new every time. Now, I don't know about y'all, y'all might be better than me. It's up to you. But I'm not going to stop teaching it. Just to give you something that you already know. Because that's not my mission. My mission is to give you what you don't know. Not what you know. My mission is to challenge you with this word. That's what, that, that's what it's all about. He gave it to me first. Challenge me. I like it when he challenged me. Because I know I'm growing. So here they are. Peter. Hearing. Grace. The, uh, John. And the will of God, which he done. They went up into a mountain with Jesus. After the new beginning in you. He can't go until something changes in you. There's got to be a change now. That's why I told you, you can't, 209 is gone, 2009 is gone. You can't bring that. That mess up in 2010. Or you'll be left behind. See, see, see this is a whole different, whole different scenario now. They went up in a mountain to do what? Pray. That word pray, that means to worship. This is what they did. They went up there to worship, to give worship to God. And as he prayed, as he worshiped, the fashion of his countenance was altered. Do you not know when God is glorified in you and exalted in you, that a change will come over you and you'll begin to glow? You'll look different? You will. If you know anything about the anointing, see, when I look at you, I know who it is that's anointing and who's not. And right now, everybody's going pretty good, and I'm praise God. But I have seen some folk up in here that looking pretty rough. All ashy. You know, that's called the devil undrained them, you know. The devil will drain you and have you ashy. Go put some lotion on, some oil. You need some oil. Because the Bible says here that the countenance was altered, and his raiment, which is his soul, was white and glistening, meaning that it was pure. See, that's what happens when God comes in and Jesus is exalted and glorified in you. There's a resurrection that takes place. And your hearing and the grace of God and the will of God is all working in co coordination with one another so that it can handle you in that glorification and in that exaltation that God has raised in you. Because what good God... What good is it, God, to go way up there with in you, and you're not able to go with him? See, you've got to be able to go with him into the spirit realm. Come out of church and get into the kingdom, and you can go with him. Otherwise, you'll struggle. You'll struggle. So the word of God goes on here, and it says, and in during that time of that transfiguration, that exaltation, and that glorification of the power and the wisdom of God inside of you, because that's Jesus, the power and the wisdom of God, verse 30 says, And behold, there talked with him two men. We know that's a covenant being made, right? Which were Moses, which is the deliverer and the lawgiver, and Elijah, which is the God of Jehovah. It's two things that you're going to receive when Jesus is glorified and exalted in you. You're going to be delivered. You're going to receive deliverance. Who did he see? Moses. And in that deliverance, you're going to hear the law of God. Because that's where the deliverance comes from. But you're also going to hear Elijah because Elijah means the God of Jehovah. So you're also going to hear the word of God itself speaking. Because there's a covenant there. Two men. There's a covenant. I like it when I see people getting this word made. I like it. Eat it up. Eat it. Eat it up. Because this is a kingdom word. This thing working all inside of man. 31 says, who appeared in where? Glory. Didn't I tell you when they went up? 
that Jesus was being exalted and glorified in you? They appeared well. You won't see what I'm saying until you reach a certain level. You won't be able to see it until then. And spake of his decease, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. But watch what happens. Now, here's where we mess up. If you miss the transfiguration, let me put it like this. If you miss the process of the transfiguration, you miss the whole thing. Watch this. Watch what's going But Peter and they, which is James and John, they that, but Peter, verse 32, and they that were with him, Jesus, were heavy with what? Don't disciples like to sleep? Matthew 26, verse 40, and verse 43. Watch it now. Now see, we're going through a process here, but they sleep there. 26, 40, and 43. Watch this word over here in Matthew 26. And he opened, and he come up unto the disciples. This is when he was in the garden of Gethsemane. And findeth them doing what? Yep. And saith unto Peter, same one that was sleeping at the transfiguration, sleep again. And what do Peter mean? You're hearing another word about. Uh-oh. Oh, ears like to sleep, don't they? Huh? Same one you got problem with. Did you hear? You see it. And Jesus said, what? Could you not watch with me one hour during this season? This process. Could you watch? You know? Verse 43 said, and he came and found them asleep again. For their eyes were heavy. In other words, they can't see too well. Because you got all this other stuff in the way. Got all this other stuff blinding us and keeps us from seeing. Let me tell you a secret. And I ain't gonna stare at you like Ahu's done Eglon last week. But I'm gonna tell you this secret. God's not gonna stop telling you to go to sleep. <laughs> you just gonna get left. That's all. That's all gonna happen. Because we got to go off. But they were asleep. And when they, verse 32, I'm back over here in St. Luke, ninth chapter, verse 32, the middle way. And when they were awake, they saw his glory. And the two men that stood with them. But look, here's what the problem is. Too many of us see the glory, but we sleep on the process of how to get to the glory. That, that kills the lesson to be learned, because we're going to go down through it and you see what I'm saying. There's some deep stuff up here in this house, and it's lightweight tonight. This, 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 but it's good. This here says that when they awoke, they saw his glory. On Sunday morning, we, Saturday for us, because we do it on Saturday too. For all of us, we seek the glory through the Word of God. But we miss the process Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Those days we miss the process. We sleep on the process. We see the glory like they did when they awoke. See, every time you come up through here, see, you wake up, right? Through the Word, it wakens you. But then you go back to sleep. Yeah, you do. All of us do, to some degree. But we got to fight this thing now. We got to keep shaking ourselves. You know how it is when you're going down the road and, and you want to go to sleep? You know, sleep makes you crazy. The sleepier you get, the more crazy you get. You start doing all kind of old crazy stuff. You ever done that? Cut the tail, look at the Get to shaking your old head as if that's going to wake you up. That's not the only thing going to happen you is you're going to go on and go to sleep. And that's what they did. They went on the street. But when they awoke, they saw the glory. Mm -hmm. And it came to pass that they departed from him. Now, this is a dangerous thing to miss the process of the glory because, you see, it had you thinking stupid stuff when you miss the process. Now, watch what Peter did. You've been sleeping the whole time. Now you don't woke up. So you wake up and you see the glory of God, right? But you don't miss the process of how it happened. But now you want to get some instructions uh -huh. to get, oh, Jesus. 
Watch Peter. Now he been sleeping, Dick 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 man. He been sleeping. Now he's on the up. He woke up and he saw the glory. In other words, you saw Walmart and you wanted that truck and that business, but you didn't see the process that Walmart said. You understand what I'm saying, man? Oh, yeah. You want that anointing, but you don't know what that anointing took to get. You understand? Don't ever, uh, don't ever do covet something that belongs to somebody else because you don't have to take the process that goes along with it. Walk a mile in them shoes. I like your shoes, my little granddaughter say. Yeah, baby. Can you, can you walk in them? I like yours because you're smaller and prettier. Mine bigger and uglier because of what's been in them and walking in them all these years. Oh, I'm real. I'm real. I'm real. Now look at his word. First thing Peter say in verse 15, and, they came, and it came to pass as they departed from him. Peter says unto Jesus. Now Peter giving orders now. He's giving instructions. But he's been asleep. He said, Master, it is not telling God what's good. It is good for us. Not, oh, Lord, that old ego is a mess, ain't it? It's good for us to be here. And let us, oh, you God, now let us make man. He said, and let us make three tabernacles. See, you won't make a money, man. That's the first thing folk want to do is make a legacy for themselves. That's that ego. That's that foolishness. You done missed the process. You saw the glory. Now you want it. So now you say, we need to make some tabernacles, three of them. In other words, we need to, we, we, we need to, 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 to set up some stuff here, some monuments. One for thee, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. He didn't know what he was saying. See, that's what happened. We make decisions out of darkness. Because when you sleep, you're in darkness, right? Ain't that right? So we wake up, we see the glory of God, but we want to make a decision to the one that's been in the light and went through the process. You see what's happening here, don't you? We need to do this. We need to do that. We need to do it this way. We need to do it that way. Yeah, but you've been sleeping through the process. And all you did, you woke up on the butt end. You know how they used to tell you that you on the, you know what end of it. Yeah, you all ended on the, but you didn't go through the process of it. You were sleeping. In other words, while somebody else was doing all the work, you were taking it easy. Oh, God. But now you see the glory of it, and you want to take over. You want to set up monuments. You want to tell Jesus how to do his business now. But you were sleeping. Is, it, is the word making some sense? So, 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 in verse thirty-four, he says, "For while he spake, he came. There came a cloud." which means there came a word. The word, the cloud means there came a word. See, God always speaks to a fool. Well, <laughs> God, God will speak to a fool, see, see, because see, he'll figure mess up. Look what the cloud, it overshadowed them. And they feared as they entered into the cloud. He took them all in, right? That word took them all in. And there came a voice out of the cloud saying, This is my beloved son. You need to hear him. He don't need to hear you. You need to hear him. See, God came and twist that thing, put that thing back in perspective. Because Peter want to put up some monument. Yeah. But God had to overshadow him and bring the fear of the Lord in and speak to him. And say, look, this is my beloved son. You need to hear him. What he's saying is, you need to hear him. He don't really need to hear you. Your job is to hear him. Hear me here. You need to hear him. 
Verse 36 says, And when the voice was passed, Jesus was left, was found alone. See, what happens here, the voice represents that which has been disclosed or opened up. Didn't God open the heavens and say, This is my beloved son? Hear him? But now, once the voice speaks, the only thing that's left with you is Jesus. So, did y'all hear what I just said? Jesus, after the voice passed, Jesus was left alone with him. See, after the word of God speaks, it goes on. But Jesus still there with you. He's still there. But the voice that spoke from heaven, it's unspoken. And if you didn't receive it, then you just missed it. Jesus is still with you, but you're still at that same place that you were. That's why so many people in the church remain at that same place. Year after year after year after year, because when God speaks, they don't have sense enough to take it in and exercise it. So it goes in, and God moves from it. He don't speak no more. That was for them. That was for them. The rain that came down today was for the places that it hit today. The rain that come down tomorrow will be for another place if it's not designated to enclose where it is today also. You understand what I'm trying to say? It may be raining in Greenville tomorrow, but not here. It may be raining here, but it, that's, that's the way y'all understand what I'm saying. You understand? And they kept it closed and told no man in those days any of those things which they had seen. So Matthew 6, 3 said, don't let your left hand know what your right hand doing. Why would he say that? Because Satan don't know what you're doing until you open your big mouth. You open that mouth, you know. You just let the secret out. Or he'll watch you to see you move. Because sometimes our moves talk louder than our words, our actions. So he watches those two things. He, he listens to hear what we're saying. And he watches us to see what moves we're making. Now, once you say, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, say, don't tell nobody. Because you don't want to give ammunition to the demon. You don't want to give ammunition to your enemy. That's why I keep telling you, you got to pray about what you're hooking up with. You do. You do. I'm trying to help you. You, you do. You hurt. You get hurt and won't even know it. See, the demon don't, it's, it, we're wrestling not with flesh and blood, but with spirit, people. Spiritual wickedness, darkness, the rulers of darkness, powers and principalities. That's what we're dealing with. And they'll use anything, even a dog, to do the job. It's not the person. It's the spirit. But if the person allowed the spirit to use them, they're going to hell with the spirit. I got, to, I got to keep reminding you of that. Now, ain't no, ain't no, you can't blame it. No. Can't do that. Now we're going to deal with the lesson. We've seen the turn. The problem came in the process, didn't it? That's where he went to sleep at. During the transfiguration, right? Mm -hmm. Now, during the transfiguration, if you miss the process, watch what happens with the lesson. And it came to pass that on the next day, in your next season, you're going into a next season here now. But remember, you were sleeping during the process. But you're still going into your next season. Resource Center, we came to our next season. You st God's still going to take you into your next season, whether you slept there or not. It's ordained. But watch what happens in your next season if you didn't go through the process and you slept on it. Watch what happened. And it came to pass that on the next day, next season, when they came down from the hill, much people met him. 
Don't you know when you come down from God that a lot of things in the world are going to meet you and crowd you and a lot of things inside yourself. It's going to go right back to trying to crowd you in, right? People represent populated places inside of yourself, okay? Watch what happens. Verse 38 said, And behold, a man of the company cried out, saying, Master, I beseech thee, look upon my son. We know that the son is the builder of something in you, right? For he is mine only child. And lo, a spirit taketh him and suddenly cries out, and he suddenly cried out, and it does what? Tarried him that he falleth again, and bruising him hardly departed from him. Mm. Just leave you for a little bit. This is because during the process, during the process that you're going through of the transfiguration, when you go to sleep, that son, that builder in you, that lesson that you're supposed to learn, that builder in you, it don't have no teaching. Because it didn't see nothing but the glory. It didn't learn what the process of it was. So it don't do you no good to come to church and see the glory of God. And you sleep through the process because that same son, that builder in you, is still demonically oppressed. And it goes back and it does the same thing to you again. Ain't that what happened when they came down? First thing happened when the crowd met them. When the world started crowding in on you. Are y'all getting this? World started crowding on you again. That old demon take over that son in you again. Might be women. Might be money. Might be drugs. Might be alcohol. Could be a whole, it's a whole lot of ways to die. There's a whole lot of ways to die. Sin. You see, drugs and alcohol ain't the problem. That's not the addiction. The addiction is sin. That's the addiction. Everybody's an addict. Everybody's addicted to sin. Tell me. That's why God said, don't point fingers. But help one another, love one another. You know, be there for one another. That's, that's the gospel. That's the gospel. So, when the sun comes down, or when they come down and they see, they being crowded all over again, the first thing, the thing that which is supposed to be built in you and built God in you, you didn't learn your lessons from it, so you ain't got nothing to the builder don't, don't know nothing. The son don't know no better. So the demon comes back to his house and finds it clean, gone, but still empty. Why? Because you were sleeping. Let's see what Matthew 13, verse 25 says. Matthew 13, 25. Matthew 13, 25 says, look what happens. People always tell my little tearing and the wheat grow together. And I keep reminding you of this. This is insanity now. Because they need to look at what the word of God says about that. When you get there, please say you have it. Amen. This word here say, but while men did what? Uh-oh. What did they do during the transfiguration? They slept, didn't they? While men slept, his enemy came in and sowed tares among the wheat, didn't they? And went away. Went on by the did it? Right? What was this thing doing over here? This on this boy over here in Luke 9. Luke 9 verses 39. He was carrying. Say the enemy come in while we're sleeping and so tired, did it? As you go on down through there, you'll see it called it T-A-R-E in a minute. Watch the book. He said, verse 40, I'm back over here in verse 40, Luke, ninth chapter, verse 40. And, and I besought thy disciples to cast him out, and they could not. Why? Because they were sleeping during the process. 
And Jesus said, O oh, faithful and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you and suffer you? Bring your son here. And as he, how many of y'all know uh, Jesus Christ will build a uh, 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 hill that, that builds in you? He'll build that son in you. And me too. He said, and as he was yet, one, two, a coming, the devil threw him and did what? T-A-R-E. While men slept, the enemy came in and sold T-A-R-E-S, didn't it? Tear. That's that old demon. But Jesus came in, and Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, and healed the child, and delivered him again. Evidently, he's been delivered before. Somebody get the child. Evidently, evidently, he's been there before. Evidently. Because he said that he delivered him again to his father. How many times have God delivered us? Over and over and over and over again. Because it's one thing to be delivered, but it's another thing to be free. Totally different. That's why people come to the altar week after week after week in some of these churches, and they get delivered every week, the same one. But they never get free. You see it on, 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 on the World Channel, all over the world, you see this happening. I call it church freedom. Because freedom never comes forth. Freedom. Freedom never comes forth. See, it's, it's a, it, we got to have freedom, people. It's, we got to have freedom in this flesh. So verse 43 says, And they were all amazed at the mighty power of God. But while they wondered everyone at all the things that Jesus did, he said to his disciples, he said, Now, let these sayings sink down into your ears. In other words, you need to hear what I'm about to say here. Jesus is saying to his disciples, For the Son of Man, that's that builder of God in us, shall be delivered into the hands of men. Are we not men? How many times through our own aspirations and desires the Son of Man has been delivered into our own hand and we crucified it? You see what's happening here, though? See, he's trying to tell the disciples, look, on a spiritual tip, that the spirit that's in man through sin has been delivered over and over and over again to the hand of man and his desire and his carnal aspirations. Sin. But they understood not his saying. For it was hid from them. And they perceived it not. For they feared to ask him of the saying. And there arose a reasoning among them. Which of them should be greatest? Now see, that's just what happens when you miss the lesson. You see the glory, and you want the glory, but you didn't see what the process was to get it. You see what I'm saying? So the first thing you want to do is get your ego kicked in. Now you want to know who's going to be greatest in the kingdom now. See? Now you, oh, you want to be seen now. You, you understand what I'm saying? Everybody I've seen them like that. I'm going to be all of a sudden. You all this and you all that. And you know this and you know that. And you can't get your hands dirty. You, you know that. Them kind of folks just get on my nerves. Thank God for freedom. I'm serious. I'm serious. Because it don't make no sense to ignorance of church folk. It don't make no sense, man. You know? We suppose God said if you humble yourself in the sight of the Lord, He will lift you up. He will, not to yourself. Not man. Let God do it. So the Bible goes on here and it tells us that that, that, that verse uh, uh, thirty three. Let's look at verse thirty three. Let's go back to the verse thirty three. Remember over here, they were talking about who's gonna be great, they wanted to put up them tabernacles, remember? They wanted to put them tabernacles up. And verse 47 says, And Jesus, perceiving the thoughts of their heart, took a child and set him by him. Ain't going to be much longer, but I do need to get this done. And he said, Whosoever shall receive this child in my name, 
receiveth me. And whosoever will receive me, receiveth him that sent me. And he that is least among you all, listen, the same shall be great. They were talking about who's going to be great? Who's the great? The one that's the least among us. Because the Bible says in Matthew 21, verse 25 and, 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 and through 28, and I'm going to read it here because you need to see this, because you see a lot of, of people who are in position doing just the opposite. They treat them like gods. But look here. Look what the Word says about this. Be who, the one that's greatest among you, let him be the, the one that's least among you, let him be the greatest. Look at Matthew 21, 20, uh, Matthew chapter 20, verse uh, 26. Matthew chapter 20, verse 26 through 28. Are we there? I got a roll, y'all. So, St. Matthew chapter 20, verse 26 through 28, it says, But it shall not be so among you. Verse 25 says, You know that the, the princes of the Gentiles exercise dominion over them, and they that are great exercise authority upon them. But he said, It shouldn't be like that with you. Whosoever will be great among you, let him be your minister. Right? And whosoever will be chief among you, let him be your servant. Why? Because even as the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister and gave to and, 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 and to give his life as a ransom for many. So you see, those of us that in leadership, our job is to minister and serve us. Not to be served. That, that's according to the word. According to the word. That's the way it's supposed to be. You see, because you see. God has it set up. He got a thing called a crown of glory out of the five crowns that, that, that Christians receive. The, 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 there's one of those uh, uh, crowns, the crown of glory, is designed and designated for pastors and, and, and that's over shepherd, over flock only. They're the only one that can get that one. Why? Because they serve down here. And God is going to give them that greater crown there. You understand? But if you get your crown here, then you won't get it there. So God is a fair God. See, what you humbled yourself here for as a leader, God is going to crown you there with the crown of glory, which Peter talks to us about how shepherds, they ought to feed the flock. Not as lords over them, but feed the flock as an example unto them. Wash their feet. Leaders. That's what he's saying. That's what we have to do. You see? Because that's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. You sold yourself out for God. That's why I said deny yourself. Okay, we'll move on. Verse 49. And John answered and said, Master, we saw one casting out a demon, devil, in thy name. And we forbade him because he followed not with us. And Jesus said, forbid him not, for he that is not against us is for us. It don't make no difference whether they come to the local assembly. I got people calling me from other churches every day uh, uh, being taught. Am, am I lying? What? Because you don't come to the assembly? I ain't supposed to teach you the word of God? Huh? Give you what God has given me about the situation. You come to me, you call me, wherever where you're from. It don't make no difference. You call, okay, let's, let's go into the book. Let's see what the book got. Let's get some understanding. That's all that matters. Let God's word be spread into the world. That's all that matters. Had nothing to do with who come here and who don't. Don't have nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with are we servants of the Most High God? And if we are, we find and use that opportunity wherever we go. That's our job to do that. On our jobs, in the hospitals, in the prisons, wherever we might go, it's our job to do that. It is. Verse 51 says, And it came to pass that when the time, that when the time was come, that he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. And sent messages before his face. Mm -hmm. And they went and entered into a village of the Samaritans to make ready for him. But notice, and they did not receive him because his faith was as though he would go to Jerusalem. Let me tell you something.
People that's living in sin know when you ain't where you're supposed to be as a Christian. People who living in sin, when a Christian get goes in that environment doing the same thing, they know that, hey, what you doing here? And they don't take it too kindly Because you say you're representing God, but you're down there doing the same thing we do. You see what I'm saying? So the Samaritans, they knew what they were. But they saw that, hey, Jesus ain't one of us. He, his face is toward Jerusalem. That means that this man is a man of God. He ain't one of us. So they, they wouldn't allow him to come there. It says here, it says that, uh, and verse 64 says, and when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, without, verse 53 says, and they did not receive him because his faith was as though he would go to Jerusalem. See, in other words, he didn't look like them. Christians ain't supposed to look like the world. It's hard to tell sometimes, though, now in this age, but we're not supposed to do the boogaloo and all of that. You know, we're not. We're not supposed to do that. But we don't bought the boogaloo in the church and they're doing the rap city and everything else. But you see, God is still a holy God. Now, there's a way to seem right to a man, but the end result thereof is death. So we, that's when we get off into, we sleeping through the process. And what we do is, is right now, we see the glory now. We think we can just do it any kind of way. No, you can't. No, we can't do it any kind of way. So God will whoop us. These folks say, and when his disciples James and John saw this, they said, Lord, will thou that we command fire to come down from heaven and consume them as Elijah did? Now they want to kill everything. You can't kill everybody because you kill everybody. I told y'all that you'll be all by yourself. You'll be lonely. You can't kill everybody just because they don't believe the way you believe. You know. But, and notice, they were in that territory. But he turned and he rebuked them and he said, Ye know not what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man has not come to destroy me and lie, but to save them. Hallelujah. And they went to another village. When they won't hear you one place, you go to another place. Within yourself, too. Because self gets crazy, too. When self don't want to hear, then self got to be shifted to another place where it can hear. The word got to get in some kind of way before you get too crazy, right? Because the craziest person in the world is self now. Ain't nothing crazier than self. Self got to be kept under wraps. Now, can't nobody do nothing to you like that. Nobody. Now, let's deal with the text because we know he didn't learn the lesson and we see what happened from not learning the lesson. The sun came down and he was torn by the spirit. And it came to pass, verse 57, the test of the disciples. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, notice what they did? They went in the way. Who's the way? Jesus. The way, the truth, and the life. A certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. You're going to always find people who are in the way, but they're not sold out to Jesus. But they're going to be, they're going to be coming to church. They're going to be doing this. They're going to be doing that. But Jesus is going to test you. The test of the disciples. That's the last thing. We went through the, the, we went through the turn. From the transfiguration, we went through the lesson. Now we're going through the test of the disciples. The Bible says that he said, Lord, I follow thee whatsoever thou, I, 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 thou goest. And Jesus put the test on him. Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes. Mm -hmm. And birds of the air have nests. But the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. He put a test on him, didn't he? He told me, you follow me? Okay, now. I ain't got no place to stay. He gave him the cold facts, right? He didn't sugarcoat it, did he? just told him straight up, look, I don't have no place to stay now. Second test, and, and in verse 59, and he said to another, another one came and said, and he said, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me to go and bury my father. Well, you know, 
I don't have time today. I don't feel like it today. You know, I worked all day long. I don't need to go tonight. Excuse. There it is. Here's the test. He said, and he said to him, follow me. He said, come. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. And Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. But go thou and preach the kingdom of God. He didn't say go preach church. He said go preach the kingdom. And another said, I will follow thee, 61, but let me first go bid them farewell, which are home at my house. He already told you, if you ain't ready to forsake all of that, follow mother every time, you ain't ready to follow me. But Jesus said unto him, no man can put his hand in his plow, looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Jesus Christ don't play games with people. He lays it on the line. He puts it there like it's supposed to be. He don't make no excuses. He don't let nobody else make no excuses. You're either with it or you're not. But whether you were or whether you're not, or whether you are or whether you're not, it never stopped Jesus. He kept on going. All he, he carried that thing all the way to Calvary. He carried it. He knew what he had to do, and he did it. And that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to understand the terms of discipleship. He wants us to understand the lessons of discipleship. He wants us to understand the test that we have to go through discipleship. But most of all, he wants us to understand that we cannot sleep through the process. Because if we sleep through the process, then we'll never get to pass those tests of being a disciple. Let's give God the name.